0: As promised, this episode we're going to focus on the connection we share with our babies. But you might find it strange that I'll be spending so much time talking about sleep. What does sleep have to do with the connection between parents and their children? Well, as it turns out, plenty. Sleep is as essential to your survival as food and water. After all, you spend about a third of your daily routine doing it. Sleep is incredibly important for healthy brain functioning for you as an adult, and is a requirement for healthy brain growth and development in your newborn. Sleep also plays an important role in connection, which facilitates a healthy and secure attachment between you and your little one. The number one concern for most expecting parents, which turns out to be a real and valid concern for most actual parents, is sleep deprivation in the newborn period. Y'all... I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. It sucks. But it might not be that bad if we had newborns that acted more like what we expected them to act like, babies. But they don't. I think if most newborns could stay in utero for another three months, they would. That fourth trimester inside would probably benefit everyone in the family. But let's get real. There's a real estate issue, y'all. They cannot continue to fit, nor would they be able to make it out if they stayed in much past 40-ish weeks. And I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way. Being pregnant for any length beyond this would be cruel and unusual punishment. But this means that we have babies that can't live up to our expectations of being an alert, cooing, babbling little person from their first moment of birth. Y'all, they are a disorganized bundle of nerves who literally don't know what to do with themselves or how to interact with their environment. They're incredibly sensitive to everything in and around themselves. Hunger, temperature, light, pain. They need to be held and soothed to help regulate all these new sensations. When you think about it, newborns are living in a state of stress. And we're supposed to help them learn how to live in this new world, At the same time, we're learning how to be a parent, figure out how to do all the things to keep them alive, welcome our new parenting selves, and maintain relationships with our partners, family members, and friends. Can you see why it might be challenging to develop a strong bond or connection with your little one right away? Maybe it was easy for you, but maybe it was, or is still, harder than you expected. Whatever your scenario, know that there's room for all of it. Let's explore what it means to be connected to our babies. Are you ready? Welcome, my name is Barb Buckner Suarez. For over two decades, I worked as a childbirth educator and a couples coach, helping thousands of families say yes to parenting. I've got some thoughts about how life changes when we choose to become parents. Those thoughts may be irreverent, funny, are counter-cultural at times, but I promise you, they will always be real. Whether you're curious about starting a family, in the middle of your fourth pregnancy, or your birthing days are long over, raising the next generation is hard. And all of us could use a little more support. I want this to be a place where you can find that support. Because let's face it, birth happens. When I first heard about the idea of the good enough parent, I was personally and professionally thrilled. This concept can be traced back to pediatrician and therapist D.W. Winnicott and his work with families in the 1950s around the idea of what it takes to create a secure attachment. Being a good enough parent means trying to be empathetic, sensitive, and warm towards your baby and responsive to their needs about 30% of the time. Now, this doesn't mean that you neglect your baby the other 70% of the time, y'all. It just means that you don't need to strive to be a perfect parent, anticipating all their needs and making sure your baby is never upset. Not only is that ideal unrealistic, but it also turns out that it's not beneficial for either of you. Perfect parenting means a tremendous amount of pressure on you to get it right, whatever that means, at the expense of your own needs, and that your baby never learns how to tolerate distress, learn how to self-regulate, or develop resiliency, all of which are necessary to live in the real world. Good enough parents tend to their children by providing attuned, sensitive, and responsive care, knowing that sometimes it'll hit the target and other times it might not. The good enough parent taps out when they need to, takes rest when they need to, asks for help and support when they need to, but continues to try to meet their baby's needs whenever and wherever they can. This can be challenging at times for sure. Lack of sleep plus a little one that seems to take more than they give in the early days might mean that your connection will need to develop over time. That's okay, y'all. Whether you fall in love at first sight or you need to learn how to like your newborn, no matter how much you might love them, you're still a good enough parent. There's a moment after your baby enters this world where you're both still connected to one another, even as the separation has begun. Your baby, this little person who has spent the last nine months inside of you, growing from the smallest no CM cells to an entirely new human being, has been born. Your baby is finally here, and you're about to meet face-to-face for the first time. The best place for the baby after birth is on the birthing person's chest, And they should stay there for a really good long time. But in that moment, right before your baby comes to you, close your eyes and give thanks to that amazing body of yours for all the wonderful work that it's done to grow your baby. Take a good long breath, deep inhale and deeper exhale to release any and all tension that might have built up as you pushed your baby into this world. If you had a cesarean birth, Maybe take a couple of deep, slow breaths for yourself. The anxiety around surgical birth is very real, and knowing that both you and your baby have made it through delivery okay is a moment to hold on to for just a few seconds more. Then just as you're about to receive your baby, look. Really look at your baby before you bring them up to your chest. Look at their little squinched up eyes that are just beginning to open. Look at their little flattened nose. Look at their little rosebud lips. Take in all their features that are such a great combination of the two of you and entirely unique at the same time. Look at their impossibly tiny hands and marvel that their even tinier fingernails are already in need of a trim. Look with your hands and fingers as you gently massage them into being with you here, now. Look over their entire body, not just with your eyes but with your heart wide open at the miracle you've co-created. There will be a lot of buzz in the room at the moment your baby is born. Emotions will be flowing through all the people who are there to witness it. Some births are quiet and reverent when the baby emerges, others loud and raucous. There's no right way to welcome your baby into this world. But take a few moments to look before you leap into parenting. There is a bubble that surrounds you in these precious moments following birth. No one else needs to be inside this bubble but you and your baby. It is sacred time. Often new parents will say something about the eyes of their baby. The phrase, the eyes are the windows to the soul, is never truer than when you first look at your newborn baby. They have so much to share with you. Lock eyes with them and you'll be connected soul to soul. So, take the time, as much as you need, to look at your baby from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. Put your phone down. Don't worry about trying to capture this moment forever. Capture this moment forever in your heart. Just look. Do you remember when you first really looked at your baby? What emotions did it stir up for you? Can I take a moment to express to y'all just how important it is to follow your newborn's lead after birth and crash out hard? This may sound like a no brainer, but it's vital to getting your new parenting off to the best start possible. There's an adrenaline surge that happens during pushing that continues after the baby is born that keeps new parents up and awake no matter how long they were in labor or how their birth story unfolded. But the real purpose of that adrenaline surge is to keep you awake so you can gaze in wide-eyed wonder and get to know each other in real life. Then after that first feeding and any newborn procedures that might need to happen, your baby, who is completely brilliant even as they are only a few hours old, will fall into a deep and solid sleep following their incredible journey into this world. May I suggest that you try and do the same? I know it's hard, but please, at least try. Why? Because your baby's been inside of you for nine long months, and while you were up and about, it was like they'd been hanging out in a little hammock all day long. They were in a perpetual state of drowsiness until you stopped or laid down to go to sleep. I know you know what I'm talking about. When you're busy throughout the day, you might not have noticed too much movement from your baby, but when you tried to settle down for a good night's sleep, that's when they'd start dancing or playing soccer or whatever it is they would do inside of you that kept you awake for hours on end. Yelp, this doesn't change just because they've been born. Your baby's idea of day and night will be mixed up for a while, and you'll do so much better if you try and match them and sleep more during the day. Because you know you'll be sleeping less during the night. And no amount of whining or wishing for it to be different will change this fact. It's just how things are with your baby at the beginning. But especially in the first 48 hours. Why? Because it's also new, because maybe you're not sleeping in your own bed, because your baby is experiencing hunger for the first time and needs your body to start producing the good stuff. Y'all, it's hard. So I beg you to follow your baby's lead and crash out when they do. Try very hard to resist the temptation to stay awake watching them dream, counting each individual eyelash marveling at their impossibly small but fully formed nails and please 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 don't invite your family and friends to come and visit for those first few days or maybe first few weeks everyone forgets that babies sleep during the day and are awake at night your visitors will be all too ready to hold your darling angel fast asleep in their arms during the day but watch how quickly they'll turn over your crying baby as evening comes on and they begin to wake up. The learning curve for new parents is incredibly steep, but it can be unnecessarily steep when you're trying to learn without any sleep. This is incredibly important when we're talking about developing connection with our little ones. When we're experiencing sleep deprivation beyond what is normal, which is already a hell of a lot, y'all, everything is so much harder than it needs to be. And this can lead to perinatal mood or anxiety disorders, which can interfere with the all-important bonding and connection that matters so much in this newborn period. I know I'm not the first person to say it, and I'm sure I won't be the last, but when your baby crashes out, so should you. Did you sleep at all in those first couple of days? Do you remember what it felt like if you tried to sleep more during the day initially? Was it helpful for you? When I ask pregnant folks in my classes how much rest they're getting, they usually fall silent. They know that this is something they're supposed to be doing. But unless the fatigue of being pregnant literally overtakes them, they rarely rest or nap as a part of their day-to-day lives. Ask a new parent how much rest they're getting, and they might start laughing, a high-pitched, almost maniacal cackle, as though rest was something they faintly remember happening before the baby arrived to take it all away. But rest, in my opinion, is one of the most important things you could be focused on for the health of your entire family. Almost everyone ignores the physical toll pregnancy puts on a person's body, including pregnant people. The work of creating a whole new human being is not exactly a piece of cake, y'all. But we insist upon ignoring this when we're pregnant. Acknowledging how exhausted we are while pregnant is like admitting weakness or being seen as whiny or anything less than thrilled with our life circumstances. The pregnant superparent myth needs to be busted, y'all. People deserve and need to seek out opportunities for rest while they're pregnant. A few stolen moments of breathing fully while resting can have profound impact on energy levels and also create a sense of peace and calm. 100% necessary preparation for giving birth and becoming a parent. Now, everyone knows that lack of sleep is going to be a part of the early postpartum period. But what you might not know is that the sleep deprivation you'll experience in those first few weeks is at hostage interrogation levels. It's truly unbelievable, y'all. Babies have tiny tummies. They need to eat and eat often, usually every two to three hours around the clock until they get a little bit bigger and their stomachs can hold more. And until they've figured out a circadian rhythm that more closely matches yours, they're so confused about day and night, and at least initially, they have it completely upside down. So it's important for you to start creating a strategy to get more sleep and rest with the new little baby in your life right now. The reality is that everything, everything will be so much harder than it has to be as a new parent if you're not getting enough rest during the day or enough sleep at night. Because sleep is such a huge postpartum issue for all new parents, here are some tried and true strategies to maximize the number of Zs you're getting in after the baby arrives. Owl versus Lark Have an honest discussion with your partner about which bird you best resemble. Are you a night owl, full of energy, finding it hard to hit the hay before 11pm? Or are you an early bird, up at the crack of dawn, No need for an alarm clock or an entire pot of coffee to get going for the day. If you're lucky, maybe this is a situation where each of you naturally prefers one over the other. Go with your strengths, people. Work in shifts in those early days and weeks so that each of you gets an extra little bit of sleep while your partner takes on a few solo hours at the end or at the very beginning of the day, allowing you to go to bed earlier, Or sleep in a little bit later. Don't get out of bed until you've gotten all your hours in. An honest conversation about the number of hours you can get by on versus the number of hours you need to feel like a human being needs to happen. The first number is not doable for more than a couple of days in a row. After that, you won't even be able to fake holding it together, y'all. But that second number, your ideal number of sleeping hours, will not even be remotely possible for the first eight weeks or longer. So figure out how many hours of sleep you need to be a fully functioning human being. And don't get out of bed until you've gotten those hours in, y'all. If you need eight hours of sleep, then the first week postpartum, you might not get out of bed to greet the day until close to two in the afternoon. Don't freak out. The following week, you'll probably only sleep in until noon. The next week, maybe you're up by 10. By about four weeks out, you're likely to be getting enough hours in that you can make it out for breakfast somewhere before they've switched to the lunch menu. Two words. Yoga Nidra. Don't let the word yoga spook you. There's no pigeon or downward dog positions happening here. Just conscious napping. You create a comfortable, quiet space where you can lie down, Plug in your headphones and listen to someone talk you through a 20 to 30 minute meditation. It's awesome, y'all. There are lots of practitioners who believe in the power of Yoga Nidra, but I'm not sure anyone aligns this practice with pregnancy, birth, and new parenthood more than Karen Brody and her program, Daring to Rest. At one point, Karen was a birth advocate and playwright who created the Bold method for birth. In particular, Helping women find rest in order to truly wake up is her passion. You might find that, like me, you'll feel rested and energetic following a yoga nidra nap. Just what you need as a new parent. Sleep when the baby sleeps. This one always makes it on the list, but the strategy only works if, one, you're a napper, and two, you actually sleep when the baby sleeps. No dishes, laundry, or vacuuming allowed. Y'all, I've never been a napper, even as a child. Just ask my poor mom. For me, a nap has to be at least six hours long. If it's anything less than that, I feel like I've drunk a pitcher of margaritas by myself, and I'm hungover for the next two days. It sucks. If you're like me, then don't force yourself to sleep when the baby is taking a nap but you do need to force yourself to sit down and rest. Stagger your visitors and make sure that they all know what their jobs are, not holding the baby. That way, you can feel like resting while your baby is napping is okay because the house is relatively clean. Rest will allow you to meet your baby's needs better throughout the day. I have a theory that non nappers can smell the pheromones of nappers and choose a partner that will complement their own non napping behavior so that they can work together as a team when they're new parents. My students who can't nap almost always pair up with someone who can sleep anywhere, anytime. Because two non napping parents, ooh, that's a recipe for disaster, my friends. In our house, sleep when the baby sleeps was never an option. We had to do things. A little differently. Create the sleep strategy that works for you. Soon after our first baby was born, we quickly learned that we were both night owls, y'all, and that I had not developed the new skill of being able to nap after giving birth. We needed to figure out the best way for me to get a big chunk of hours strung together, or I was seriously gonna lose it. We came up with this plan I would nurse the baby and go to bed at around 9 p.m. And then my husband would stay up to give the baby a pumped bottle at 11.30 or so while watching some late night comedy. I wouldn't have to nurse the baby again until around 2 a.m. That gave me a nice long stretch of uninterrupted sleep. Five hours, y'all. That middle of the night feeding was always my favorite. The rest of the world was asleep. It was quiet and peaceful, and I felt rested. I actually enjoyed that feeding more than any other time of the day or night. It was a time when me and my baby could really feel connected. Thankfully, I'm also paired with a partner who can literally sleep through a hurricane. My husband would let me stay in bed in the morning to catch up on some shut-eye, and then after I woke up, he could have a nap at any point during the rest of the day. Strategize how you'll find times and opportunities for rest. Talk about it now and put in place all the necessary support to make it a reality. Sleep needs to be your number one postpartum priority for the long-term health for you and your family. How much rest are you getting in your day-to-day life? How often do you allow yourself the time and space to even breathe? What are your best tips for getting more rest? At birth, your baby's brain is about a quarter the size of an average adult's brain. Incredibly, it's going to double in size in the first year. And it'll be about 90% of adult size by age 5. A newborn has all the brain cells, or neurons, they'll have for the rest of their life. But it's the connections between these cells that make the brain work. At least 1 million new neural connections are made every second, y'all. More than at any other time in their life. Can you even imagine what that might be like for your baby? Now, knowing this information doesn't make the end of day crying jags any more pleasant, but it makes a little bit more sense, right? Their brain is exploding with growth. They're like, What the hell is happening to me? Do you really expect me to be calm and quiet? My mind is literally getting blown. Every second of every day. Help me, please. These brain connections are so important for your little one to figure out how to do everything, like move and think and communicate in ever-increasingly complex ways. Starting right from birth, these brain connections are developed through their everyday experiences. These connections are made through positive interactions with parents and other caregivers, and by using all their senses as they navigate their environment. The experiences your baby has day to day determines which brain connections develop and last for a lifetime versus those that will eventually be tossed out. The huge growth of synapses is called blooming, and this happens in the first few years of life. This is followed by pruning, which starts in childhood and continues through adolescence, ultimately tossing out about 40% of these original synaptic connections. The most important influence on a baby's brain development is their relationship with their parents and caregivers. While this can feel like an awful lot of pressure, it's important to remember that there is no such thing as perfect parenting, y'all. Loving, warm, responsive relationships with dependable adults who are willing to try to meet the needs of their newborns, has proven to be more than enough. In fact, they are essential to healthy development for a child. So how do we make sure that we're acting as positive influences in our baby's development? By responding to their unique and also, as it turns out, universal bids for attention and engagement. Initially, this involves a ton of crying as our littles try to communicate with us in the only way they know how. It is not fun. But in a shorter time than you'd expect, you'll be able to determine if that was a hunger cry, a pain cry, or a diaper full of poop cry. And when you try to address those needs in a timely enough manner, your baby learns that they can depend on you when they are in need. Talking, singing, reading, and playing with your little one right from the very start or even while they're in utero literally builds your baby's brain. The challenge, then, is to still do these things knowing that at least initially you're not going to get a lot back from them, y'all. While it may look that way to you on the surface, there have been studies that show when a parent and baby are interacting with one another, even if it's just hanging out and gazing at each other, they actually start to share the same brain waves. Evolution is the reason why we use parent-speak and why there's so much eye-to-eye contact between parents and babies. Because these both promote optimal connection and learning for the baby at a critical time in their development. But what if you're just not feeling it? I mean, some days are harder than others, right? Outside stressors like other children, relationship challenges, lack of support for our families and our culture, And mental health issues like postpartum depression or anxiety can all contribute to times when you just can't seem to fake being upbeat and positive in your reactions with your babe. It's okay. Evolution's got your back. Babies and their parents are primed to recognize and prefer one another over everyone and everything else. In fact, one study showed that 90% of mamas could identify their newborns by scent alone after spending only 10 minutes with them. That number jumped to 100% after an hour of time spent together. This pheromonal connection works both ways, y'all, and babies have lowered stress levels at doctor visits when they are held by their mamas while routine procedures are being done. Giving your baby a massage is not only beneficial for them, Studies have shown in premature infants, massage lowers stress levels and helps them gain 50% more weight over those who didn't receive massage. But it can also ease postpartum depression in mamas. And while I've talked a lot about the benefits of skin-to-skin for the newborn, the ability for this oxytocin-rich experience to assist with creating deep connection and bonding cannot be ignored. In recent studies, the cultivation of this mutual addiction to one another has shown to be beneficial in terms of preventing disease, boosting immunity, and increasing IQ in your babies. Ultimately, your child needs a strong connection with you to develop a healthy brain. You don't need to buy fancy toys or do anything extraordinary either. When you give them attention in a loving and consistent way, you help brain connections develop. When you respond to their cries even if you can't seem to soothe them or figure out exactly what to do. They learn that the world is a safe place. When you respond to their smiles and coos, which may not happen often enough or soon enough if I'm being honest, with smiles and snuggles and coos back, that exchange between the two of you creates strong connection and grows your baby's brain. Your baby doesn't have the ability to self-regulate their emotions before they're about three years old. So they'll need your help in doing so. This means that it's super important that your mental and emotional needs are being met. When you are feeling good and common side, you can transfer these things to your baby. You are the most important part of your child's life. So while you're exploring all the ways to be a good parent, please remember how important it is to take care of yourself first. One of the things that can be really frustrating for new parents is the complete and utter lack of positive feedback from their newborns. They are needy little creatures at first, y'all. And many new parents hope for babies who might not be laughing straight out of the womb, but who will at least crack a smile every once in a while. And they do sometimes. I was caught on video saying, look, he's smiling already, when my fourth baby was less than 24 hours old. But in the first couple of months, Newborns rely on others to lead any kind of social interaction. If your baby smiles during this time, it's not likely to correspond to anything specific that you are doing. But I still tell new parents to be on the lookout for every smile, and to claim every smile, as real, no matter why it's happening. We all need as much positive feedback as we can get from our newborns, y'all. Otherwise, the fourth trimester can be pretty bleak. You see, they've yet to master the social smile. A social smile is reciprocal, meaning your baby smiles in response to someone else's smile. It's a sign that several different parts of the brain are maturing. A social smile says they're able to see short distances, make sense of an object, in this case a smiling face, and produce their own smile in return. Most babies will start smiling socially on purpose in your actual direction at about six weeks of age. Whew, that's a long month and a half of a whole lot of nothing from your newborn, y'all. It's a really good thing that we're hardwired to think babies are so cute, especially our own. The fact that we think our own baby is cuter than every other baby means we'll take care of our young no matter what. How else will we continue to do the hard work of parenting on no sleep? and with zero pay. Evolution understood the assignment, y'all. This is what needed to happen for a species to survive over a millennia. While it might take six weeks before we ever get rewarded with that social smile, it's going to be even longer until we get to hear them laugh, y'all. But once they're in that zone, usually not until they're about six months old, it is the greatest thing ever. And you will spend a huge amount of your waking hours trying to get your baby to laugh over and over again. Seriously, you won't believe the stupid and ridiculous things that your baby will laugh about. But that pales in comparison to the stupid and ridiculous things you're willing to do to get your baby to laugh. There's nothing in the world quite as delightful as hearing your babies laugh and knowing that you were the one who got them to do it. Somehow, the hard work of sleepless nights, sore nipples, second guessing the interpretations of your baby's cries, all feel a teensy bit less challenging, so long as your little one gives you just a little bit back in return. A sweet smile, or better yet, a big old belly laugh from your baby, seals the deal in terms of your connection to one another. For any of you who are still in that pre six weeks phase where your baby is smiling when they're sleeping only, Never actually directing that kind of attention at you, or if you're just in need of a little pick me up today as you wait for your baby's payback, check out today's show notes. I've included some videos of babies laughing, and I promise it'll make your day just a little bit better. These moments of shared connection with your babies are what we long for as new parents, and they're coming to you, I promise. When your baby is laughing at something that you came up with to make it happen, there really is not a better feeling in the world. Did you find it hard that your baby didn't really act very social in the beginning? What kind of crazy things were you willing to do to try and get them to at least crack a smile? When did you first hear them belly laugh? How'd that make you feel? Whether your baby is still inside your belly or if you're deep in the trenches of parenthood, taking a few moments for massage can boost your connection with yourself and your little one. There are attached handouts for belly massage and baby massage in today's show notes. But you could do a quick version of both right now, following these simple instructions. Because even if you've already given birth, Your sweet belly still deserves a little TLC for all the work it's done to bring your baby into the world. Belly Massage. Sit in a comfortable position and close your eyes for a moment. Now take three deep belly breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Warm your hands by rubbing them gently together, and then rest them for just a moment on either side of your belly, and take another deep breath in and out. Starting at the sides of your belly, use both of your full palms to rub from the outside in toward your midline. If you're still pregnant, linger a little bit and massage those tiny baby parts that you can feel from the outside and connect with this little person within. You might imagine them floating comfortably inside of you where all their needs are being met and you may find them responding to your soft touch. When you feel ready continue to move the palms of your hands in a soft circular motion Up toward your breasts, and then down toward your groin, and maybe even to the tops of your thighs, breathing slowly and deeply all the while. Don't rush this self-massage. Your body is amazing, and it deserves this time and attention. newborn massage. If your baby's here now, start by having them lie down face up on a comfortable towel or blanket. You might find that being on the floor feels most secure for you both. Take a few deep belly breaths before you begin. Warm your hands by rubbing them gently together. Starting with their legs, cup your baby's heel in one hand, and with the other hand, starting at the top of the thigh and moving down toward the ankle. Gently squeeze and release as if you're milking a cow. Then reverse the motion and move from their ankle back up to their thigh. Rub your baby's feet with your thumbs and gently uncurl their tiny toes. Switch legs and repeat. And then you can do these same movements with their arms and their hands. Moving to their head, place your hands on either side and gently run them down both sides of their body, from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. You can use your fingers to draw tiny circles on your baby's head. Move to their sweet little face. Fold your hands on your baby's forehead like you're praying, and then gently push outward from the center. You can use your thumb to draw a smile on your baby's face from one cheek, across the upper lip, and to the other cheek, repeating this on their lower lip as well. Use your fingertips to draw tiny circles on their cheeks and maybe give their little earlobes a gentle squeeze. Fold your hands onto your baby's chest and move outward as if you're smoothing the pages of an open book. Draw an oval clockwise on your baby's tummy, and then walk your fingers along in the shape of an X across their tummy. End your massage by stroking your baby's back from side to side, and then up and down. Be aware that your little one will let you know if they want the full body massage or maybe just a mini session. Remember, this is supposed to be enjoyable, so try to make the self-massage or newborn massage, or both, happen when you can take your time and there's no need to rush. This is meant to be an oxytocin-inducing experience for you both. And if today's been a hard one, This gentle touch can be so soothing and provide that all-important connection to yourself and your baby. Okay, y'all. I hope I've normalized why connection to our newborns might be challenging some days and made my case for why it's so important for you to connect with yourself and get as much sleep as possible so that this connection can better happen on all days, good or bad. Remember, you are a good enough parent and all attempts to create a connection with your baby are proof of that and more. There are lots of show notes for today's episode, which you can find at birthhappens.com including step-by-step massage guides, a link for a free yoga nidra nap, and a set of videos with baby's belly laughing so hard that I dare you not to crack a smile while you watch. Y'all, I believe that connection is everything and that it begins with birth, but sometimes our connection with our partner takes a hit after we start a family. We'll be talking about that next time. If you liked this episode, it would be so great if you would rate and review it on iTunes. I've put the not so easy steps in today's show notes and share it with anyone you think who could use a little more support in raising the next generation. Thanks y'all. And I can't wait to connect with you next time on birth happens.